do hope that they're still having their show in Austin. Me too, because I'm I really want to go to the one in October. And right. The, obviously, if that doesn't happen, or even if it does, still want to go to the one in November. Yeah. But it's just it's annoying because I'm like, did you cancel it? Is it sold out? Because the ticket, like for their website, it's still on it, but it just says like notify me about upcoming tickets. And, like, on their new banner thing, where it uh-huh. lists all the cities they're going to, it said, like, the first show in Austin was isn't there anymore. Oh. But they didn't explain anything. So I'm like, hmm, where are you going to be? Yeah. Well, and how many years ago was it when we saw The Wind in the Wave? 2013? No, it was 2014. Was it 2014? No, it was 2015. I moved here in 2014, and it was the spring after. It, yeah, because it was when you lived up north, yep. and we went to South by, so 2015. Yep. Wow, it feels like I've known them a lot longer. Known them. I have met them. Uh, it's true. With them. They're really good. If y'all guys, little music plug, uh, The Wind and the Wave, they're like uh, indie, folksy, roxy. I fucking love them. Yes, yes. They're, I would say they're all of those, and they're... Amazing. They're Perfect. A, a local band uh, from Austin, mm-hmm. but they're you. If you watch Grey's Anatomy, you've probably heard them yep. multiple times. Yep, and they're on I there. just love them so much. Yeah. So, well, hello everyone. Hello, hello. This is Blood and Wine. Blood and Wine, episode twenty, the big two zero. <laughs> and I am Brittany. <laughs> I'm Tyler. And um, yep, episode twenty. Episode Seriously, 20. can't believe it. I know we've. This I'm gonna episode. I'm gonna keep saying this every time it's another episode just because I still can't believe we're already at episode twenty. I know we've been doing this podcast since April. It's September now. Yeah, isn't that awesome? We have because our first episode dropped in May. Yep, and then we because we we did probably like I don't know I think beginning of April is when we started like doing it. Like, yeah, all the prep and everything yeah. that goes into it before you can actually because as you all know we recorded multiple episodes before. Mm-hmm we posted any yeah just uh to get our cadence and everything but that and also i'm so excited the other day i found the sheet of paper that we first jotted down like the idea of a murder podcast and we're fucking framing that thing framing it like i think i think on like the wednesday the day after this episode posts or maybe the day it posts. Yeah. That's going to be on Instagram for y'all to see. Because it's kind of crazy to see our little notes and where it's at now. I know. My chicken scratch on the yeah. back of a something. It's like, like an a, insurance form. Yeah, I don't some know. some type of form. You know, not important. You know what I just realized? What? Okay. It's Wednesday. We're recording on Wine Wednesday. We are recording on Wine Wednesday. Which is perfect because, you know, I, I need this wine real bad. I don't know about oh. you, but... Today's the day where I'm like, yep, I am very much looking forward to going home and drinking a bottle of wine. Uh, yes. Also, <laughs> me every day. But... I mean, same. <laughs> but, like, tomorrow I have happy hour, and then Friday's Friday, of course, I'm going to drink. But right. today, wine I Wednesday. Because I didn't, we haven't had wine in all this week, have we? Uh, no, we're, kind, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, not in a bad way. <laughs> How crazy it is we didn't have wine two days in a row. <laughs> I mean... It is, but... <laughs> we normally you know, have a glass of dinner. It's true. Glass. A glass. A, <laughs> we'll split a bottle with dinner. Split two glasses. Yeah. It's not crazy. One big glass. It's true. It's one glass of wine. Like I yeah. said, we have a glass of wine with dinner <laughs> in my goblets. That is true. 
Yeah, well, let's um, throw mention into Patreon. Yep, yep. Hop on Patreon, check out our murder minis, check out other stuff. I need to start posting other things because... Said we, that like five episodes in a row, but it's fine. It's true. I know it's true, and and I'm sorry, but honestly, I feel like the things y'all most want are the murder minis, and that's what we're working on. It's true. So that's our. I mean, I yeah. I can say there definitely will be a mold wine recipe on there. Yes, there will be because <laughs> I have a mold wine recipe that I got when I studied abroad in Norway. Yeah, and my French friends. Um, one of them had an old family recipe for mulled wine. She lived in, uh, Strasbourg in, um, Eastern France, like almost to Germany. So yeah. it's like mountains, Alps, Which I've cold. heard that town is gorgeous. Cause it's, go it's a mixture so of France and Germany. I want to yeah. go as well. Uh, but she has an old family recipe mulled wine that she taught us. And when I came home for Christmas that year, um, I made it mm-hmm. and... I literally still have that recipe in my recipe book that you wrote down on just one of uh, like Mama's a, little, like, notepads. Like the five by seven or yeah. little yellow notepads. Yeah. Yep, basically. Yeah. So. Oh, God. So, yeah, y'all will see that. Mm-hmm. And, um, gosh. I don't know. If Again, if there are other things that y'all would want to see on it, let us know. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, definitely... Hop on our Patreon, become a subscriber, check out that extra stuff. And speaking of our amazing Patreon community, I would like to give a shout out to Amy, our newest member of our Merlot Mafia. Yes, thank you, Amy. We Mm. are so excited that you're getting to check out our murder minis and see what else we post. As we just discussed, there there will be more. There will be more. I promise. I promise. (laughs) But thank you so much, Amy. And thank you so much to everyone. Um, Super excited that we're our goal for... Uh, October. First off, very beginning of October, y'all are going to see a website. Yep. That's the first thing we're going to do. And then also, we're looking into merch. Yeah, we're looking into merch and also um, some more equipment that we need to get. Yes. And this is just, y'all's contribution is going to help tremendously and be able to get these things. Like, we're going to be able to take this podcast to the, that next level and like yeah. improve our quality even more. I mean, we've improved it a lot from episode one and two and three for those yeah. who've listened I, to the um, older ones. But... I I have trouble listening to one and two because those two we recorded at my house. And it echoes. It, and, and but I, hey. I mean, they're two of my favorite episodes I was say, because that, they're the great content is topics. Fantastic. But I'm like, ugh, we didn't know how to noise reduction and audacity. And, hey. You know but what? hey, they're... It's all about learning. Yeah. It's all about you know, learning. They're just very indie. That is what they are. They're very indie because we are doing this on our own. That is true. Um, but also, be sure to subscribe yes. to our podcast so you can get these new episodes that sound better than the first episodes. <laughs> yes, they do. And um, they're just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, but... they post every every Tuesday morning, 12.01 Central. Yep. So, um be sure to check it out. Check it. But yeah, we know we've got people who are subscribed and thank mm-hmm. y'all so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in our world. That uh, is a swift recently. change, but yes. I know it is. Well, this is <laughs> normally our, our little news current segment, news, current whatever. News. Yeah. And honestly, the news uh, makes me sick right now. Yeah. And just, well, go into it.
<laughs> well, obviously what's been going on is with all this Kavanaugh stuff mm-hmm. and how um, how Christine Blasey Ford came forward saying that yeah. he sexually assaulted her in high school. And the thing that gets me is, of course, there's all these people being like, oh, it's not true. Da, da, da. And it's like, okay, she has talked to a therapist about this in the past. This is mm-hmm. recorded years and years ago. When you look at the, for those who are like, who's telling the truth? Bullshit. But if you want to literally look at that. So do you think a woman made up a story, told her therapist about it it years ago, just hoping quite possibly this person would be in a position that he was going to become the Supreme Court Justice of the United States and um, like make up the story to put him on the spot? Or do you think he actually did it? Like, I don't see why this is a question. No. And what gets me is the same people that are saying, well, why didn't she come out sooner? Are the exact same people that are slut shaming her and calling her a whore and a liar and a bitch and just trying to destroy this woman. And I'm like, you're answering your own fucking question. Yeah. That is why people that are sexually assaulted don't come out and speak about it. I know. Because it's instantly victim shaming and victim blaming it's fucking disgusting it drives me crazy it just goes back to the fact that we're now in a country with a president who has been accused by numerous women of sexual assault and so it's just kind of like oh i mean if we put a man in the highest political position that there is like oh of course you know one woman came forward with kavanaugh so it's no big deal i'm like fuck everyone Well, I think one of the big issues is so many people see, like, oh, well, I mean, a rapist, that's, like, this horrible, scary guy who hangs out in alleys and is going to get... And, like, you don't see those. Like, those don't happen. So all these women coming forward, this dude wears a suit. He looks like a nice guy. He's smart. He wouldn't do that. Yes, he fucking would. There are lots of rapists out there. And they're not the creepy guy hanging out in the fucking alleyway. No. So th- that's, to be honest, what has been going on in the news lately that just yeah. gets me. And I would, I wanted to just touch on it because obviously I don't want us to ignore what's going on in the world around us. Yeah. We bring up things frequently, but this was one that I just, I thought back and forth of whether I wanted to bring it up or not, mm-hmm. but it is something that's happening, and it is something that we need to talk about. And um, I was really, really excited the other day. One of my friends showed me her voter voter registration. And she was like, I got this on my door. Thank God. I was just trying to look up ways to register to vote. And I am so proud of her yeah. for doing that. Um, because she, like, even someone who had never previously practice her right to vote mm-hmm. recognizes that right now is the time to get out there and to oh. do something. And this is yeah. someone who like, just, it was like, oh, I don't really care. I mean like, whatever. And mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people like that, but even she was just like, uh, no, 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 I need to, yeah. I need to, my voice needs to be heard. Well, it's one of those things that I know a good chunk of our listeners are millennials. We are millennials. Yeah. And millennials across the board don't vote. Like it's, I think in the thirties percent, Something like that? Yeah. Of the presidential election, the 2016. And it, it, it blows my mind because I, I don't, I'm not going to blame anyone because there are lots of reasons why someone can't or won't vote. But, dear God, try your best this year. 
because if the millennials actually get out there and vote, our voices can be heard instead of just... Make a difference. Well, we can make a difference instead of just sitting around after the fact, after something shitty happens, being like, oh, this is horrible. We have the hindsight. We can do something now. Yep. And we absolutely, absolutely should. Because I think you have until... In a lot of states, you can register to vote up until about 30 days. Around is about the longest I've seen. A lot of states have 30 days. Some of you can register on election day to vote. Yeah. Um, So be sure and check your state so you know what that deadline is. And don't, don't miss it. If you're not registered and you want to be... Just check it out. It's it's yeah. so easy, guys. It's easy. It takes Some 10 minutes. You can do it online. You can do it in person. I yep. mean, it is it is so important to know your rights and register to vote. And if yeah. you're able to, to do so. Absolutely. Well, with that, <laughs> uh, switch gears again. And yeah. I want to hear your take on this topic. Yes. So I picked the topic this week. And it's one that I've been wanting to do for a while, but it's not its not an easy topic. It's not. It's, it's something you would think would be easier to execute, and it's not. Yeah, it's definitely one that you'd think like, oh, yeah, that's pretty obvious. We can do that. And then actually getting into it, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. So the topic I picked was female serial killers. And in choosing this, I mean, when I was looking at what case I was going to do, I didn't want to do a poisoning because we had a whole episode dedicated to poisoning. Not that we'll never revisit that topic because, I mean, it happened. Yeah, and it's a doozy because there's a lot of different... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's one of those things where I was like, okay, well, let's look and see what we can find. There's got to be something. Mm -hmm. There's really not many. Unless it's... Eileen Warnos. Yeah. Which, which I didn't do. I didn't do Eileen Warnos either because she's the the well-known yeah. female serial killer. And while I would love to do her case. I know say I do want to do one, her case for another episode, um, but not for this one. It felt too easy. It, it was like a shoe in. Yeah. It and was kind also, of like it's one that's very well known and I I think if we had a different topic that we could take a different spin on it, would be perfect for. Yeah. So, um, as y'all know, Eileen, or maybe y'all don't, I'm going to give like a yeah. brief overview. She killed, what, seven men? I think, yes. I think it was seven men. And so she was a sex worker. And um, there's a movie with Charlize Theron called Monster. I heard it's really good. I've it never seen so it. It is so good. Um, it has... Also, Christina Ricci in it that plays Eileen's girlfriend. I apologize. I don't remember her name right now. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's so, so good. And I've watched a lot of documentaries on her. And she she had a very disturbed childhood and growing yeah. up experience. And it, and a, but yet she had a lot of um, mental illness and mm-hmm. just things that contributed to her life. And a lot of her defense was that these men raped her and I do believe that that was something that was in her childhood so just Mm -hmm. anyway there's a lot to her story and it is one like I said I do want to cover but um it's fascinating it's interesting so one um this is I'm going to jump into criminology for a little bit this is my not background but degree so um 
But it's interesting because uh, Eileen was one of the first, uh, one of the very few women put to death. Uh, yeah. That um, was put on death row and executed for her murders. And a lot of people take that and see it as like, oh, because women wouldn't be punished as as harshly, you know. Actually, it is the opposite. In most cases, women will receive a much harsher sentence than a man would because... They aren't expected of this type of crime. Well, exactly. Yeah. Like, judges and jury will look down more on a woman accused of a crime than a man because mm-hmm. women are supposed to be caring and loving and in the home and right. docile and men are naturally aggressive and getter go getters and okay yeah a man's going to do a crime but a woman should have been home she should be a, she should be a mother she so it's yeah. super interesting because we grew up in Oklahoma which has far and away the highest rate of women incarcerated. Yeah. Um, the state of Oklahoma, if it was a country, has, I, I, percentage-wise, I think the highest percentage rate um, in the world. Of women incarcerated? Yeah. Well, and that is one thing I want to make clear. When I picked the topic, I did pick specifically female serial killers and not just yes. females who kill. Because there are a lot of women who have done insanely heinous crimes, especially to their children. That's Oh, yeah. Not necessarily all, but there's a lot of That's, those. Yeah. And, um, but it is an interesting fact that as far as being a serial killer is concerned, it's generally men. And yeah. if when you listen to all these documentaries and shows, they use he all mm-hmm. the time. And I know it's just like a subconscious thing. They don't say they. Yeah. More often than not, they use the he pronoun. And that is because that is more likely mm-hmm. to be. Or, or when they're creating a profile, a lot of the times oh, yeah. they're creating a, a male profile for some type of serial killer oh, yeah. or um, serial arsonist or something mm-hmm. like that. Unless it's something that is seen... And there are definitely trends. And it's it's not something you can yeah. ignore. Like, female serial killers, a lot of the times, will be more inclined to use poison as a weapon. Or something yes. something seen that's more... It's um, not as violent. Guess, intimate. Well, yeah, okay. more... So, when, is, I, when I say violent, I mean graphic. Yes, it's not like graphic. graphic and gruesome. Although, although the de- I was about to say, the yeah. death of some poisonings is pretty graphic and gruesome. That is But true. essentially, the, the female's action of mm-hmm. putting the poison in the food and giving it is not as mm-hmm. intense as slashing yeah. someone's throat with a pocket knife. Well, exactly. And that's why even on the more graphic ones, you'll see a lot higher cases of women uh, shooting because it's just pulling the trigger rather than like stabbing or strangling yep. as often. Yeah. Well, and like Eileen shot mm-hmm. her victims. Yeah. Like that is how she killed them. But it's it's just really fascinating because yeah, a lot of the female serial killers and I I don't know if yours did. Mine didn't go the poison route because mine didn't either. Same reason as Eileen Warhouse. I wanted to find something that's not as like Yeah, not as common. And then the other the ser- female serial killer world. Yeah. And then the other one that you see, which is a topic we're totally going to revisit later, is um, the couples who kill. Yep. A lot of female serial killers do it with their partner. Yep. They and... come in, like the whole Bonnie and Clyde type everything. 
And I'm like, I love that. That fuck that sounds amazing. Not fuck yeah, but like <laughs> I love that as a topic. I'm like, ah, oh, there's a I'm pretty just so that's disturbing. that's what I want my husband. We're gonna go on a murder spree. We're not. I don't. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. That's that's the case that I picked, and or excuse me, that's I was like, the, <laughs> "Wow, we're already there." Yeah, no, sorry, I haven't even opened the wine yet. <laughs> that is the topic I picked, and I'm I'm looking forward to this episode and seeing what case you talk about. And me I'm too. really excited to share mine with you. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear yours. I want wine. wine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wine time. So I'm just going to say I am absolutely in love with this wine bottle it's so beautiful i love the art on it yeah because it's a uh profile side of a face in black and white and then it has all of these gorgeous pinks and yellows and blues and oranges just like coming out in an abstract design yeah well Uh, and i will say i think all wine labels are artwork but this one it wraps all the way around and that's Different. You don't normally see the ones that wrap all the way around. Yeah. So this wine is a hundred percent Garnacha um, from Calatayud, Aragon, Spain. So it's a Spanish wine, Ooh. and it has like the imported sticker and everything. Oh my god, it does! Um, and this wine, something fun fact about it is that it spends two months in French oak barrels. Oh my god, that's so cool. So. This wine begins with a really beautiful nose of blackberry, blueberry, plum, baking spice, cola, licorice, and more. I don't know. The more could be anything. Oh, it says exotic spicy finish, reminiscent of white pepper. Ooh. Yeah. So the wow factor, Brittany is reading the back. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at the back of this wine because I'm staring at this bottle. So the wow factor continues when tasting this super rich, super ripe wine full of dark berry fruit, lots of spice, some great earthy tones, and plenty of minerality. It's at this point that you find yourself rechecking the price tag and thinking all of this in a $7 wine. Because, yeah, this wine was like seven bucks. I forgot that it was that cheap. So this wine ends with a very satisfying culmination of spice and mineral notes on the dry, tart, lip-puckering finish. It is simply fantastic. And I don't, I got that review from, I don't know, I searched the internet for it, but it was a really (laughs) good review. And I was like, um, absolutely. Yeah, that was a really good review. I'm going to open this wine. Yes. Open oh, it up. I wonder if it has a really fun cork. Ooh, yes. Sorry, I don't know why I'm not talking to you. I'm just like watching you open this and I'm really <laughs> excited. And, um, oh, there we go. All right. Wine time. Wine time. First time look at the cork. Favorite time of the day. It is the most basic cork I've ever seen in my entire it's life. Blank. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. What does it smell like? Cork. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, it smells like a cork. It's like this new kind of cork where it's a little bit different. Where like maybe it's not all cork. You know? I don't know. I don't get that. Okay. I Ooh. smell the pepper. Yeah. That is for sure. Which That smells strong. It does. I I feel like I smell pepper a lot in Spanish wines. Mm-hmm. Mmm. And you can get some of those like fruity 
notes. Yeah. Mm, okay. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Oh my god. I taste that the all of those things. Yeah. Like the fruit mixed with the pepper and the. Maybe I get a little bit of that licorice. Maybe I'm telling myself I get a little bit of the licorice. I don't, I don't know. Get it's very, the first flavor that hits you are those oaky tannins. Yes. Like that is what hits your tongue. And I'm like, oh. I love it. I mean, you know, I love the oaky mm-hmm. though. I am a fan of it in reds. I don't like oaky in whites. This is, yeah. I'm very surprised. It's a $7 bottle. Okay. Well, now that we have our wine, I'm going to. Yes. Get into my case. Who is your female serial killer? So, mine is a woman by the name of Leonarda Cinciulli. She is from Italy, as the name is assumed. She's Italian. So, the sources I used, Wikipedia, All That's Interesting, The Infographic Show on YouTube, hmm. Serial Killers Documentaries on YouTube, and also Sites at Penn State. I found some information there. Hmm. You used a lot of YouTube. Yeah, I was watching a lot of videos for this one, and it was a really... Uh, I'm branching out on my researching with more yeah. video. Hey, I love... Infographic Show is one that I watch most episodes of. Wait, really? I love that show. I didn't know you were into it. I thought it was really cool, and I almost fell into a YouTube hole of watching multiples. Yeah, I can watch like 10 episodes of those, and then I'm like, oh my god, it's been three hours. <laughs> Not three, because they're only like five to ten minutes, but still. But still. Leonardo was born in a town in the town of Mont- Montella in the province of Alavino, which is in Campania. Hmm. So lots of different descriptors. Yeah. There in, in, I love that place. Same. I mean, it's, it's Italy, so I, mean, I do yeah. love it. She was born in 1894. Oh, she's old. Yes. She did not have... An easy early life. Um, None of the people we talk about do. No, no. It seems to be a characteristic that's pretty typical of people who exhibit this type of behavior later in life. Or early in life if they're a kid. Yeah. Uh, She had a mother that told her she was cursed by the devil and that her life would come to nothing. Fuck. So that's how she grew up. And it just was not doesn't sound like it was a very positive home and her mom Uh, always talked about these curses and that comes back later in Leonardo's life Um, she actually attempted suicide twice as a young girl because again this is the type of home she was growing up in and Mm -hmm. it just wasn't wasn't too easy Mm -hmm. Um, in 1917 she married a guy he was a registry office clerk so just basic everyday job no big deal his name was Raffaele um Pansardi Pansardi excuse me and her parents did not approve of this marriage well they were like approve of her parents so they were just like "Uh uh-uh girl what the fuck are you doing bad bad decision and she's like he's hot he's perfect he got a big dick fuck off mom he's gonna you know provide for me in life yeah maybe I'm not cursed you asshole bitch well, on that note, actually, oh, she claimed that at the time of her marriage, her mom cursed her, dooming her to a life of misery for the, forevermore. So, so wait, is her mom? So she is, according to her mom, she is cursed by the devil, and, and then her mom, and cursed her mom cursed her. Is her mom like 
think she's a witch. I don't know. I think her mom just very much believed in curses and that Leonardo was an unlucky one and that her life was going to come to nothing because she was not living it well. She, It's like one of those, it seems as if she wasn't doing the things her mom wanted her to do throughout her entire life. So her mom's like, you're cursed. Well, this, her mom's an asshole. <laughs> I know. Um, this obviously it went to her head. Like, that yeah. is how she was raised. Uh, yeah. So, the couple then moved to Pensardi's native town, which is a town called Luria, in 1921, where Leonardo was sentenced for fraud, and she was thrown in jail in 1927 when she was 33 years old. Oh. So, this girl just, again, it's like her life is unlucky and all, yeah. and uh, more of this... Also, I wonder what that, like, what was it? Because fraud means so much. Oh, I know. And I couldn't find any more details of what exactly she did in this first crime. But But. it's just showing that, anyway, she's just, this this is what's going on. And it's like this life of um, debauchery, (laughs) misery, and like forever. When she was released, the couple moved to Lacedonia and their home was destroyed in an earthquake in 1930. Oh my god. So her feeling like she's cursed is it it's coming out like in her every day and everything I mean, that's happening. She's believing that she's cursed. I feel like if you took anyone's life and you looked at it in a 20 year span, you you can pick out a couple significant horrible events. Oh, it's true. I bet you could pick out some significant highs and some pretty significant lows. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, but because when you frame it like that, like, obviously you're like, fuck, maybe she is cursed. But then it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously she's not cursed, but. So after their house was destroyed in an earthquake, they moved once more to Correggio, where Leonardo opened a small shop. Okay. She was very popular, very well respected in the community. She had a lot of friends in the neighborhood and Hmm. just, you know, she owned this little shop, this sweet woman, Leonardo, everyone loved her. Mm -hmm. And that's how she was seen in the community, very trusted. And so it seems as if, you know, things could be picking up for her. However, behind the scenes, Leonardo had a total of 17 pregnancies during her marriage, but lost three of the children to miscarriage. And ten more of them died in their youth. Oh, my God. So, consequently, she was extremely protective of her four surviving children. Yeah. That, and, again, she's feeling like she's cursed and she's living this life of misfortune. And this is just, so the kids that survived, she's giving her everything to them. And, yeah. you know, wanting to raise them. Yeah. And being extremely protective. Um and her fears were further fueled by a warning she'd received sometime earlier from a fortune teller. Because, again, with the way she grew up, yeah. this is, you know, something that she practiced. She went to a fortune teller. Uh, this fortune teller told her that she would marry and have children, but that all of her children would die young. Mm. So she's like, okay, I've got four, and I've, I've, got, to, I've got to keep them. I don't want mm-hmm. to lose them. She also visited another Romani who practiced palm reading. And told her, in your right hand, I see prison. In your left, a criminal asylum. So... Jesus, that's a... 
fuck that palm reader. Yeah, Leonardo's not getting some great fortune tellings or palm readings. Like, think how all this could have changed if her palm reader was like, oh, I see three great loves in your life. Cool. I know, but that's not the message that she received. So. (laughs) I see that if you work hard and you build passion and love, you can do great things. Uh, cool. So <laughs> I'd be a great fortune teller. Yeah. I'd just be really positive. I'd be like, you've got this. Okay. I've been to some palm readers and it's really cool. I'm not going to lie. I have never been because, hey, I'm going to waste my money on canes instead of that. So You know what? You should go at some point in time and just... It's it's awesome. I'm just saying. It's an awesome I, perspective. I feel like I would come across as an asshole, though. Cause I'd Do walk you know in... how many people like that they probably see on a daily basis? I know, but just because they see a lot of that. Like, retail workers see a lot of dicks. Doesn't mean I want to be a dick to them. I don't think you would come across as a dick. I think you like, would come across as... I don't as... believe anything what you're doing with your life. Read my fortune. You know... They're going to read your aura and know that the moment you walk in the door. But anyway. And I'm going to walk in there and be like, ugh, you take him, Margie. Margie's the newest one. Yep, basically. Anyway, sorry. So obviously because of this curse she felt that she had received from her mom, the fortune teller's prediction, she was highly superstitious. Yeah. Obviously. In 1939, she learned that her oldest son, Giuseppe, was going to join the Italian army in preparation for World War II. That's not a good idea. So she's like, what? Giuseppe was her favorite child, and she was determined to do whatever it took, whatever it took to protect him. I wonder who Mama's favorite co- child is. Mama, I mean, leave me. a <laughs> leave a review and comment on who your favorite child is. I'm pretty sure it varies by day with which one of us has either done something great or pissed her off. See, I'm the only one who can actually help her hang her 3,000-pound mirror, so if she wants that hang hung, I guess I'm her favorite. Yeah, but I'm the one that can tell her where to hang it and help talk her through it and without the telling one. her she's wrong. And like Sydney's the one that didn't abandon her. So, Sibling Olympics. Yeah, it's a game we've been playing our whole lives. We still don't know who the winners are. <laughs> Oh, God. I guess who it's lives in her the will. longest? She writes it in her will. She updates it, like, every six months. <laughs> like... <laughs> fa- it's, so it's like favorite roulette. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um. So, again, Leonardo will do absolutely anything she can to protect Giuseppe. Yeah. And she came to the conclusion that his safety required human sacrifice. Mmm... I'm going to have to disagree with her on that. Well, that's just uh I feel like very few, if, if anything, requires human sacrifice, but all right. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, Leonardo was very well known in her community mm-hmm. as this loving mother, this very kind neighbor, and she was also a bit of a fortune teller on the side herself. Okay. So people trusted her. People trusted the things she said. Yeah. So she was able to find victims in three middle-aged women who all happened to be her neighbors. Oh. Her first victim was a woman named Faustina Setti. 
She was a lifelong... Love the name Faustina. Faustina, I know. It's beautiful. Like, that should come back. It should. I will say, one thing that I've always wondered is so many names for different cultures are beautiful and I love them. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't want to name my child that because I wouldn't want to be appropriative of that culture because we're not. But, like, I love the name Priyanka. Oh, and that name is beautiful. It's gorgeous. And Bianca I is so pretty. It's like one of my favorite names. And I love how it looks. Like mm-hmm. even just like the way the letters flow together and Priyanka. Yeah. It's oh, And I also name. love Priyanka Chopra, who's a singer and actress. She's the one lead in uh, Quantico. Isn't she the one um engaged to Nick Jonas? They may be actually married now. I think so. God, I'm uh, so can I just jealous. Be her instead? I know. <laughs> like, same. <laughs> Can uh, I, like, be her, have that name, have him? Can I just have him? Uh, no, because I called dibs. I liked the Jonas Brothers before you did, because I liked them when they were the Jonas Brothers. Okay. Well, so, whatever. I called dibs. So, um, Faustina, she's a lifelong spinster. She that came... Sucks. That's a mean title. <laughs> I know. Spinster, at what point... I want to know in today's world, at what point are you considered a spinster? Because people still get married, like, well into their later years. 20. Well, shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're a spinster, too? Everyone's a spinster. Yes. Anyway, get into Faustina the spinster. <laughs> so Faustina came to Leonardo for help finding a husband. Again, like I said. Same. <laughs> like, again, I said she was a bit of a fortune teller. Leonardo told her of a suitable partner in Pola, but asked her, asked Faustina to not to tell anyone of this news. Okay. So Leonardo also persuaded Faustina to write letters and postcards to relatives and friends, just letting them know that she was, you know, going to go away. Leonardo told her to mail these letters when she reached Pola, let everyone know everything's fine. But so basically the story she... Oh my put god. Up front was Faustina all like, sounds like you get murdered in Poland. No one would ask questions. Nope. But it, it was oh. all, again, because everyone trusted her. It's true. Trusted that she was she was a good woman, good in the community, great mom. She had everyone's intentions, like best intentions at heart. That's fair. And so on the day that Faustina was to leave for Pola, she visited Leonardo one last time. Leonardo offered her a glass of wine that happened to have drugs in it, so she would pass out. Leonardo then killed her with an axe. Oh my god. I know. That's intense. And then dragged her body into a closet. Okay. In the closet, she cut it into nine different parts, gathered... (laughs) I know. Gathered the blood into a basin. Ugh. And... In her official statement, she described what happened next, and I feel as if I must read this in Leonardo's words. Okay, tell me. I threw the pieces into a pot. Oh, I thought you would be reading it in Italian. (laughs) Sorry, I guess you're not as talented as you should be. Nope. Uh, Sorry, this is not going to be in Italian, and if it were, I would have to then repeat it in English. So No, we'll just do a, we'll do like the TV shows do. We all say it in Italian, and we'll have like a very soothing voiceover. So you're saying it in the voiceover, it's like, I was in the pantry when I first saw him enter through the garden window. Apparently it's a calm British woman doing it. Anyway, whatever. Apparently. Tell me me what Leonardo said. I threw the pieces into a pot, 
at its seven. Oh, <laughs> I don't like that. At its seven kilos of caustic soda. It's a big ass pot. <laughs> which, seven kilos is like seventeen pounds. Well, it was a big pot. Okay, it was like one of those black like witch's cauldron type things. I think that literally doesn't surprise me at all. I know. Um, I added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had brought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved into a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. Ew. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs, as well as a bit of margarine. Needing all That's the her ing- secret. <laughs> needing all the ingredients together. Girl, she make a blood pie. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit. Bitch, that's nasty. <laughs> Though Giuseppe and I also ate them. Did he? Na- oh my god, Giuseppe! Your mom is a, a weird person. So and it, a murderer. It's this weird act of cannibalism, but it's like. It was just her way of getting rid of it, and she gave it to people who visited. She, she ate it herself. She gave it to her kids. Did mom ever murdered someone and then fed it to us? I mean, I sure hope not, but we did eat a lot of pork growing up, and you know that human is a lot like it's pork. It's true. Did, <laughs> Mama, did we have people chops? Did we get some long pig for dinner? It was a long pig lamb chop. Is that a... No, not a lamb chop. Pork chop. What the fuck's a long pig? So, I can't remember... I mean, obviously people, but what... No, no, no. I can't remember what culture it was, but they referred to humans as long pig. I guess because we're taller than pigs, but human meat is apparently a lot like pork. No, I, yeah, I know that. It's the other white meat. It is. It's literally, mama, that was for you. I, that's something you would say. Okay. So, back to Leonardo. Yes. Apparently, uh, there are sources that say that she also received... Fausta's life savings, which was 30,000 lira, as oh. payment for her services. I wonder what the... I don't know how much that is. I'm, oh, I have I'm no so idea either, bad. but it was her life savings, so I'm going to guess it's a decent amount, at least. Yeah, if someone got my life savings, they would be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I'd be like, here's $26. Love ya. <laughs> here's some change that's in a jar next to my bed. Well, I have more money in assets, but then I'm drowning so much in school debt that I'm literally in the next. If you die, though, your school debt is destroyed, right? I have no idea, but I, I sure I know bankruptcy hope doesn't so. wipe it out, but I'm pretty sure you dying wipes it out. So just, you know, food for thought. But <laughs> Oh my god. But no, because I know the value of like um the British pound, a euro, um, Norwegian kroner because I was there. Granted, I think it's still like six kroners a dollar, but whatever. But once it gets out of currency I've experienced, I literally have no idea. Thirty thousand lira could be thirty thousand dollars, it could be Thirty-five dollars. I have no idea. Well, and now Italy uses the euro. Yeah. So I really have no idea how much a lira would be. God, how cool would it be to get one though? Right. Like I love have... having currency. Did you know I have like forty dollars in euros that I didn't spend last year when I was in Europe? But I, I am not going to go to the bank and exchange it because I'm like, no, I'm going back. Did you know eventually. when I came home for Christmas uh, when I was studying abroad? 
Mama, as part of my Christmas present, had gotten, I think, $100, $200 into Norwegian Krona. Yeah. I left it at home when I went. I didn't take it with me. <laughs> and I came back from Norway. And I was baroque in Norway. Like, yeah. couldn't afford meat, was vegetarian for a year. Yep. Not the only reason I was vegetarian, but a big reason. And um, I came back and I was like, Jesus, God damn it. But also, one cool thing is in the dorms there, there was a jar that students of years past, because it was the international student dorms, and you would leave change in it from your country. So you would just, you know, grab a handful of your country's currency uh-huh. and leave it in the jar. Oh. And so other people could see what these currencies looked like and, yeah. have, you know, and take a couple. And so I have um, just from all around the world, I have a couple francs, which France it's uses so the, cool. yeah. the euro now. Yep. Um, pounds, but I think that's mostly from when I was in But like coins from Southeast Asia, like. I yeah, I have a bag of them. I want to look at these sometime. Like, I can't seriously. believe I've never shown them to you. No, can we please sit down and look through your coin collection? Because yeah. I've never seen, um, I've never seen a funk, and I would love to. Yeah. Could you also pour us more wine? I can. I mean, Damn, this bottle's so dark. I can't see how much we have left. Well, it's okay because this is bottle one. And it's um, also really good and really strong. It's really, really wonderful. I'm really happy with this wine. Like, this is one we're going to buy again. Absolutely. And the bottle is gorgeous. I know. So, I, as you know, I have this problem of keeping wine bottles that are beautiful. You and really do. Ever since we started this podcast, I keep keeping bottles. Yeah. Because now they have more memories attached. Like, I'm like, oh, this one's for episode whatever. This one's for episode whatever. You'll just have to move into a two-bedroom and you, the second bedroom can be your wine slash studio space. I like this idea a lot. Me too. Uh, with that, I'm going to jump back in. Mm-hmm. Leonardo wasn't done with just one human sacrifice. Because of course not. Because that wasn't enough. Her second victim was a woman named Francesca Savoy. Another name I fucking love. Oh yeah, Francesca. You don't gorgeous. see enough F names these days. I know, unless it's Francis. I do see Francis, but with older in older yeah. generations, or as a middle name. I see Frank a couple times. Not I see Frank much. a lot, but more so with people that are like 50s, 60s plus. Oh my god! There was this one guy I used to work with. His name was Frank, and he was probably one of the hottest people I've ever seen in my entire life, and I loved him. Continue. So, Francis Soavi was Leonardo's second victim. Francesca. Oh, yeah. Did I say Francis? You did. God damn it. Francesca Suave. I was so much concentrating on her last name because I said it wrong earlier and I wanted yeah. to say it right now. And we were also talking about Francis earlier. So. I know. And so, so I got wow. all these F, na- F names in my head. Um, F these names. <laughs> so Leonardo claimed to have found a job for Francesca at a school for girls in Piacenza. And Doing what? I don't know. She's a teacher apparently. Okay, I mean, or something. She also could it didn't have been like a security it, guard or a nurse. I don't know. It didn't say, but principal, but Leonardo, Superintendent. Le, yep, 
Leonardo found, told her she found her a job. Okay. And like Faustina, Francesca was persuaded to write postcards to be sent to her friends. Again, so, um, like, detailing her plans. They were coming from Correggio. And fucking Leonardo is, like, just badass convincing these girls to just write these letters, cover their tracks, make... Make herself not even seem like she's in the picture at all. Honestly, the marketing side of me, what if, like, there was a commercial that explained this short part of the story, you know, serial killer uh, convinced this woman that she found her a job, tells her to send these letters and kills her, wouldn't have happened without Indeed.com. Okay. It could work for, like, a Super Bowl commercial. Um, I think um being being the one of us in advertising just i mean okay say, yeah, i guess not really sure that's the correct angle um not 100 percent sure it would but, get you know, people talking absolutely would it absolutely would <laughs> so like the uh tide ad i'm sorry those were hilarious they were the so who? simple tide ads last year during the super bowl tide copied a lot of other commercials but then inserted their tide person it was like this is a tide ad Oh, I didn't. I didn't watch last year's Super Bowl. I also literally have never heard of any of these tight ads. You literally probably have never watched a Super Bowl. I've watched it a couple times or something. I watched it when the Seahawks won. That's true. You did because it was an important fucking game, and I love my Seahawks. <sighs> We're not gonna have this conversation again. Okay. <laughs> Diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, just for our fans. Um. Okay, so <laughs> back to Francesca and Leonardo. Again, Francesca visited Leonardo the day before she was supposed to leave. Leonardo asked her, would you like a glass of wine? She's got drugs in it. Like some Coke or something? Because, like, okay. She passes out and is killed in the next. God. Same. Just, the axe. That's just so... Because An axe is such a that's br- brutal. brutal. Yes, it's a brutal weapon to like, use. Like, it's it's weird because same and, and messy. Yeah, because they have the swing. All the, well, the like, like what's it called when the splatter blacks <laughs> back splatter? No, backs. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what happens when you get out of the pool. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's. All I think is backwash. <laughs> That's not <laughs> it's, it. it's not backwash. Cast off. Cast off. There you go. We were nowhere close, but you got it. Back splatter. <laughs> but um... That's so gross. <laughs> but no, because like a knife will do the same thing more or less, but it's so much less violent and less like, oh my God, than an axe. I know. Like... There's those couple of cases, unfortunately, there's more than one. There are a lot of axe cases. Like, there's the axe murderer of New Orleans. Yeah, the axe man. The jazz loving axe man. Yes, which, one of these days I want to cover that one because it's, like, fucking bizarre, especially his letters. Uh, I also really want to do him. Yeah. So, the other one was the... It's not Lizzie Borden, although that's also one. But there's one about this person who breaks into a home. It's and Lizzie like, McGuire. No. <laughs> there's this one about this killer that breaks. Be- Could you stop clicking? 
He's just typing out of my mouth <laughs> with his acrylics. <laughs> he is that bitch in the office. I'm that bitch in the office. <laughs> I know you are. So there's that one case about the murderer who breaks into a home, slaughters the entire family with an axe, and then escapes, and he's never been caught. I can't remember what town it's in, but I think it's happened in a lot of places. Fucking horrifying. I feel I like that's the town in California. I feel like. Maybe. Anyway. I feel like every small town has an axe murder, though. I hope not. Anyway. Axe murders galore. They're everywhere. And they're terrifying. Mm -hmm. But that was Leonardo's weapon of choice. Axes, knives. She used them all. Uh, Like a hatchet. Like, sorry. Small axe? Did she not used to competitively throw hatchets? (laughs) What? What? How do I learn these? Was this in Boy Scouts? (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Yeah, when I went to... Too bad it wasn't, like, um, Ninja Stars. No, but I can throw an axe both to have it land upside down in the target or right side up in the target. There is actually an axe-throwing place in Austin that I now want to go to with Is it the BYOB one? Probably, which sounds really dangerous. Because we've talked about going there as a team, and I've vetoed it. And then that's when I was like, I told everyone, and they were like, Really? And I'm like, yeah, it's not hard to learn how to throw axes when you're sick and you have to stay at base camp for three days. And the hospital guy's really into axes and really cute. So you learned about your axes when you almost I learned about my axes and I learned about being gay all at the same time. That's when it happened? No, I was like 14. Okay, I was like, I thought it happened when you were like, I don't know, born, basically. Basically. You like rolled around in the little like bassinet and you saw your neighbor boy and you were like you hot I was like, and you saw the girl and you were like you gross I mean I don't really know what a bassinet is but okay I don't know what those little plastic carts they push babies around in are called it's not a bassinet but I was trying to I don't be think I was in like an incubator I don't <laughs> think I was in the NICU no not the ones with the covers just, it's like a... It's, like it's a, basically a tray. I know! So it's a baby tray! Honestly, we could probably find one at Goodwill the other day. Literally, though, that trays. Goodwill trip was one of the best I've ever been on. So good. I bought a chair for $8. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I love it. That chair? That chair. Oh, my God. I know. I bought clothes, it, this big-ass silver basket. I don't know how to clean silver. I don't have to figure it the fuck out. Silver wipes. It's really easy. Is there a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Don't you worry. I'll I'll teach you. Okay. So, the murder of Francesca, I'm just going to... I know. I jump keep interrupting in. you. Jump I'm in. sorry. Jump back in. So, the murder of Francesca happened on September 5th, 1940. Her body was given the same treatment as Faustina's... These nasty uh, blood cookies. <laughs> no, they weren't cookies. They were biscuits. They were crunchy tea cakes. Okay, yeah. A crunchy tea cake is a cookie. Okay, well, they were good. Uh, did you have one? Yeah, I tried to make them the other day. I don't really want to talk about the process. It was a little much, but... That's why you're... I used your, your pan. Yeah, I know, but that's why your neighbor's apartment is for lease now. Huh. Yeah. So, um, Leonardo is said to have obtained 3,000 lira from Francesca. Again, as payment for helping your friend a job that she never started. Also, that never existed. Yeah. Her third victim was a woman named Virginia Cacioppo. 
So Virginia was a former soprano that's said to have sung at La Scala. Mm-hmm. And for her, Leonardo claimed to have found work as a secretary for a mysterious impresario in Florence. Okay. So, I have no idea what that job is. I would... It's a secretary. Oh. <laughs> no, yes. Sorry. I don't know what the mysterious impresario is. I I don't either. So, but anyway. she told Virginia. Assistant. She told Virginia that she had a job for her in Florence, which I'd also be like, okay. I know, I'd be like, same. Like, how much Larry you want? (laughs) So, as with the other two women, she was instructed not to tell anyone, write the letters, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, on September 30th of 1940, so this is only like 25 days after her second murder, so like, she is not wasting time. picking up speed, damn, bro. Virginia agreed to, you know, come say bye to Leonardo or whatever before she headed off to Florence. And the pattern of the murder was the exact same. Wine with drugs, axe, chopping up. Cookies. Actually, no. No. Leonardo decided to uh, switch it up just a little bit. And unlike the first two victims, Virginia's body was melted to make soap. Bitch, this ain't Fight Club. Actually, so I was going to save this for the end, but that was part of the influence for Fight Club. Are you fucking serious? No, I'm fucking serious. The fact that they used lard, like human fat. Human fat. Ew. That that was influenced from I wonder if people fat would make good tamales. She needs good lard to make tamales. I don't want to know, and I don't want to think about that. I mean, me neither, but... Sam, you said lard. Also, damn you for stealing my closing statement, but whatever. I'm sorry, I just... (laughs) That's what... When I think of people turning into soap... I know, same. I was like, bitch! (laughs) Fight club. Um, So, there was another statement that Leonardo had about her soaps she made from Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to read that. She ended up in a pot, like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. Bitch, so, that's nasty. So, yes. As far as what you said, the, the cookies and the cakes, she used her dried blood and yeah. shit for that. But she also... You know, because Virginia, I guess, was a woman that had some extra fat on her. She used her fat for soap. Bitch, that's nasty. Also, no. I know. So, Leonardo reportedly received 50,000 lira from Virginia. And some assorted jewels. Who the fuck has assorted jewels? Like, here's a bag of sapphires and rubies. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the I'm woman who tried to sell course. us? In London, at, we're at a bus stop, and we're 19 and broke as shit. And this woman <laughs> comes up to us, and she's like, gold, real gold with rubies and sapphires. I'm sorry, and were we're you, like, um, <laughs> Were you in Aladdin? Did you I don't fall think into the cave? so, but... We're, me and my friend are just in London. We're like, no, thank you. And she went on her merry way to offer what I'm assuming are like cursed jewels to more unsuspecting people. You but see, yeah. you see like a news story the next day that one of the museums has been robbed and all the jewels are missing. And you're like, 
I could have fucking owned Henry VIII's sapphire crown, and I had no idea. If Bish was offering a crown, <laughs> I would have taken it. But you and have I no money. Yeah, I don't. That's you're like, fair. You're like this, this is from America, and you're handed like a library card. You're like, this is worth a lot. Take it. Trust and then she'd be me. like, "That's a library card, you stupid bitch." I know because language is the same. But anyway, so unlike Faustina and Francesca, Virginia had family. She was not as much of a loner as the other two women were, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying the hey, other women introverts were, unite. No, but I'm saying the other women, there weren't, like, people that traced her tracks and realized that they were gone. Yeah. So Virginia's sister-in-law started growing very suspicious of her sudden disappearance, did not believe these fucking letters that she received that were sent out, and she had last seen her entering Leonardo's house. Oh. So she reported her fears to the superintendent of the police in Reggio Emilia, who opened an investigation. He sounds cute. That is the place. That is not his name. Reggio Emilia is a place. Oh. <laughs> but when I first read this, I also thought, like when I was doing my research, I thought that was his name. It's not. Oh. It's the place. The superintendent opened, of the police department opened an investigation and soon arrested Leonardo. Leonardo did not confess to the murders um, she's just like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. However, until they started to blame her son, Giuseppe. You remember him? Uh, of course she's going to be like, Giuseppe, no. Basically. Like, as soon as her son was being accused and, you know, saying that he was involved in the crime, she immediately confessed to the murders, provided detailed accounts. I mean, what I read to you, what she was saying, that was a part of her confession. Yeah. Um, And she wanted to save her son from any blame. Because, again, she would do anything for her children. Yeah. Um, Not only did she confess to the murders, but she described in great detail the aftermath. Which included all of the details of boiling the bodies, baking them, turning the fat into soap, mm. distributing it throughout the neighborhood. God, she has a shop, so she could be selling her homemade soap all damn day. Yeah. I wonder if she put anything in it that'd be like an exfoliant. Just curious. Crushed bones. Hey, you know, it works uh, to get the dead skin off. Yours mm. and hers. <laughs> Note to say that was not in my notes. I just was guessing. Yeah. Um, she was tried for murder in 1946, and she remained unrepentant. She even went as so far to correct the official account while on the stand. Um, and in a quote, it says, At her trial in Reggio Emilia last week, Portis Leonardo gripped the witness stand rail with audit, with oddly delicate hands and calmly set the prosecutor right on certain details. Her deep-set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner pride as she concluded, I gave the copper la- ladle, which I used to skim the fat off the kettles, to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of the war. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, you know, my, my my ladle that I used to, like, scoop fat, oh, I donated it. Because, you know, my she's country needed yeah. the metal. Oh, my God. Also, sidetrack, very short, we'll get back to it. But just, 
I can't imagine if we went into another like world war and they were like, we need your metal donations. I'd be like, um. I know that what? would be interesting. Like what it's kind? Like, we need to create bullets and armor. I'd be I like, don't know, armor. Is... This is not medieval times, but I mean, I don't sh- yeah, tanks some type and of armor, shit. tanks, tanks and shit. <laughs> We're from the shell, so we like tanks and shit. <laughs> I hate your South voice <laughs> as much as I love it, just because it's real. I know, I know. So her trial only lasted a few days. She was found guilty of her crimes and sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. Also, 30 years. 30 years. 10 per person. For three murders. God. That she turned into food and soap and gave to people. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, this is what happens when you're convicted in the 40s. Yep. Um, Leonardo died of of cerebral apoplexy in the women's criminal asylum in Pazuli, on October 15th, 1970. So oh. she, she lived a long time. She was in her oh, late, late late 80s or something. Damn, yeah. She was born in what, like 88? Something like that? Uh, she was born in 94. 1894. Okay, so she's 76 or whatever. Yeah. Damn, she's um, old. Especially for the, for the back then. I know, I know. She would come to be known as a soap maker of Caraggio. And a number of the artifacts in the case, including the pot which the victims were boiled, and the weapons that she used, are on display at the Criminological Museum in Rome. Which I really want to Wait, go to. Wait, what? There's yeah. a Criminological Museum in Rome? Yeah. And you can go literally so go see... Bad. I know. Same. I want to go... Fuck. Oh, my God. So, just FYI, if any of our listeners are in Italy or Southern Europe as a whole... If you have been, tell us about it. Tell us about it. Also, if, like, we could, like, stay in your guest room, let us know. Okay. Not gonna lie. Your case has a weird amount of similarities to mine. Really? Yeah, and I'll bring them up at the end. The soap. The soap. Um, Mine used exfoliant in I'm, hers. I'm opening bottle number two. Yes. Because I, I I want more. This might be one of my favorite wines we've done. It's I know, so I think we said good. that for the last episode. We but did. The last couple wines we've had have been wonderful. We've picked really good ones. Because, um, like, I mean, we we always pick good wines because we just like, we like wine, so. Right. I mean, even a bad wine is still wine, but it's, it's I've true. been impressed with these. But anyway, I I still cannot believe that. Uh, but it. So I think a part of your case that makes it not okay, but uh, more because it's not. No. She's a fucking monster who murdered these women. But the fact that yours that she did it in her own fucked up way of motherly love oh yes like it's, yes so i'm i'm like oh no i don't know it's it's still very fucked up it's still but i very get i up. get what you're saying as far as the motherly love is concerned and that that was her motivation for what she did it wasn't for her it wasn't because she had this desire to kill it was that she felt she needed to do the human sacrifices now as far as the making the 
cakes and the soap. I don't really know if she felt the need to use her resources. That one, yeah, I, that's a lot. I don't know. So for my case, I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna change up the structure a little bit. So I'm not gonna okay. reveal the name till towards the end. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that's different. Try a little, doing a little storytelling structure. We'll see how it goes. Okay. So sources I used were the Houston Chronicle, Wikipedia, The Guardian, BBC, La Verdad, and Eurovision. Okay. Hilda Rodriguez sensed something was wrong when she arrived at the market and saw the empty stall of her elderly neighbor, Guadalupe Oliveira. Oliveira was an 85-year-old widow and rarely missed a day selling clothes in her working-class neighborhood of Tlate Loco. Suddenly, she was gone. Alarmed, Rodriguez, who was 60, rushed to her neighbor's apartment and found the door ajar. When she stepped inside, she saw Oliveira lying on her bed, stone-cold dead. Oh, shit. A plastic telephone line was wrapped tightly around her neck. Okay. What kind of beast could do this? She asked, teary-eyed as she recalled the sight. What type of monster wants to hurt harmless old ladies? In the 90s and the early 2000s, there was a serial killer that was terrorizing elderly women in Mexico City. So the serial killer was known as La Mate Viejitas. Uh, which means the little old lady killer. So pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. La Mata Viejitas has been linked to over 32 murders in Mexico City just since 2003. Oh my god. Yeah. So all of these victims were women who were 60 or older and most of them lived alone. That's brutal. Yeah. Just like you know, that just, alone. Just like, going after the old lady. Just ladies. preying on old women. Yeah. Like... Leave them alone. Let them live their lives. I know. They've they've been through so much. Like, come on. They've been through so much. Don't make it in this way. So police said that the Mata Viejitas probably uh, conned their way into their victims' homes by pretending to be a nurse or a government worker. Right. Which makes sense because that's something that's a very, like, easy entry type thing. And that, yeah. Like, a lot of older people would let them in. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of the victims were bludgeoned to death with household objects, stabbed or throttled with women's stockings, phone throttled. lines, or curtain lines, like strangled. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. So, so like all these household items. hmm So the killer would then ransack the victims' homes and empty out their cupboards, their drawers, <gasps> uh, but only small... Blind. Yeah. But only small, often religious objects like crucifixes and rings were ever found missing. Okay, so did not rob them blind, just looked just through all their went shit. went through all the shit, though, looking yeah. for these trinkets. Yeah. Um, so detectives say that the Mata Viejitas likely saves the stolen items as trophies. Of course. You know, just fucking, yeah. Well, and as we know, every serial killer, for the most part, has some type of token item that they... Yeah, some type of trophy system. Something to help them remember the experience. Which is just so fucked up. So, Bernardo Batiste, who was the chief prosecutor in Mexico City, had initially profiled this killer as having a brilliant mind and being quite clever and careful. 
and he suggested that the killer probably struck after gaining the trust of the intended victim. Yeah. Well, and we all know, obviously, from the topic that it's a woman. We do. The topic does give it away a bit, does give away the mystery, because... They didn't They didn't know, and just the incompetency with it is baffling. Oh, okay. So... Investigating officers suspected that the killer may have posed as a government official. Right. And offered the chance to the chance for the victims to sign up for different welfare programs. So very easy way to talk about social security yep. or the different yeah. Shit. So the search was also complicated by a bunch of conflicting evidence. At one point, the police hypothesized that two killers might be involved. Oh, shit. At least three of the victims owned a print of an 18th century painting uh, that was by French artist Jean-Baptiste Grouset. Oh. Um, The painting was Boy in a Red Waistcoat. Wait, so they all had that same painting? Yeah. Uh, so, that's real fucking weird. So, the painting was... Because this is Mexico City. Yeah. Okay, and that's a French... Okay, Mm -hmm. interesting. So the painting was popular in Mexico in the 70s, and it showed this feminine-looking boy in a frilly red tunic. Um, Police, by that information, police said that, you know, it's no coincidence that they all had this portrait. The feminine boy figure in the painting could point to a killer with a sexual identity crisis. Oh, okay. Um, I can see that if they're like, it's a dude, but it's actually a woman. Yeah. This would all later turn out just be a coincidence. Really? And just another dead end. Like another strong piece of evidence that they latched onto that went nowhere. Oh. So initially, the media heavily criticized the authorities and dismissed evidence that a serial killer was at work. In Mexico City. Wait, they didn't believe that it was a serial killer? Yeah, the media was like, the police are just being ridiculous. Like, Just like blown out of proportion. They're just making it sound like a story. Okay. Because also the culture in Mexico. actually kind of the opposite. You'd think the media would do that. Yeah, well, the culture in Mexico at the time and even today, serial killers are not a thing like they are in America. What do you mean? There's not very many Mexican serial killers. The violence often comes from drug-related crimes. Right. There's, you know, cartels that work out of Mexico. But the serial killer preying on victim-to-victim, you know, terrorizing the city doesn't happen in Mexico like it does in the United States. Oh. I had like, never thought about that. There's a huge cultural difference there. So the media's like, dude, we don't have a fucking serial killer. We're not, like, America. Come the fuck on. Right. <laughs> um... And that was a big fucking deal. Yeah. So that happened with the media dismissing it as just sensationalization as late as into the summer of 2005. Wow. And it started in 03? Oh, no. That's that was the never count. Sorry. Sorry. It started possibly as early as into the 90s. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, by November of 2005, the authorities were reporting witness statements to the effect that the killer wore women's clothing to gain access to the victim's apartments. Oh my god. And they, they still do not believe it they could be a woman. still, no. God. So, in one case, a large woman in a red blouse was seen leaving the home of a murdered woman. 
red like in the painting? Mm-hmm. Okay. So because of this, the officials assumed that the killer must have been trans. Because oh obviously God. it's not a... Women don't murder. Women stay at home and do the dishes and take care of the kids. They don't murder people. Obviously this is someone who's trans. Obviously. So... Police said the murderer is probably a man dressed as a woman, which is fucking not the same thing as trans. Let's get that fucking straight uh, right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, said murderer probably a man cross-dressing um, who cons his way into homes by pretending to be a social worker or nurse. I actually hate that phrase, cross-dressing, because it, it's just one of those things, like, why can't anyone who wants to wear anything wear what they want? Right. It's because like, think about it. Sorry, I interrupted you, yeah. but think about it. Back in the day, you know, women had to wear dresses, and then when women were mm-hmm. finally allowed to wear pants, it was like this big fucking deal. But when you think about it, men used to wear skirts all the fucking time. All the fucking time. And now, if a man were to do that, they're somehow cross dressing, and I'm like, it's fucking it's clothes. Fucking ridiculous. Like it's clothes. Let's just be glad yeah. they're not running around naked. I think their idea was more that this was a man like wig makeup like dressing up to appear as a woman to get their trust but no i totally fucking agree no and i know that's what you meant but i felt this was a good moment to bring up the fact that i think cross-dressing and that term is just like bullshit no it it is because literally it's fucking clothing yeah literally nothing you wear changes who you are as a fucking person i know like i feel like if i have um kids in the future and i have a little boy and he wants to wear a dress like sure like if that's what you're comfortable in like that's great yeah So, soon after the investigation was set in motion, the police incurred further criticism by launching what one journalist described as a ham-fisted and unproductive swoop of Mexico City's trans sex workers. So, the police just started, like, obviously this murderer is trans, so we are going to target all the trans sex workers, fingerprint all of them, throw them in jail. This makes me so mad. Yeah. And it's like... Are you doing this because you are suspecting, or are you using this fucking murder of these old people to scapegoat to get fucking trans people off the streets because you're fucking garbage human beings? I know, and it's like, the fact is, gender is a socially constructed concept. Oh yeah, gender's not real. Like, Like it it is literally a, I have parts that you don't have and you have parts that I don't have, but everyone's bodies are different, and like, I just, ugh... This is driving me crazy because Mm -hmm. they're being so gender specific and targeting people Mm -hmm. that are dressing in a way that they don't think is appropriate for society. And like, fuck that. It fucking blows my mind because gender is so fluid and so abstract. And it's like, like, it's not a dichotomy of man, woman like that. Like sex is like on a scientific level. Most of the time. As far as procreation is concerned. As far as some people have an XY and some have an XX chromosome. Right. But And to to create a baby, like that that aspect of it, scientific. But But, cool, some people have freckles and some people don't. I know. That doesn't mean shit to anyone's identity. I know. Some people have blue eyes and some people have brown eyes. And that's like dominant versus recessive. Does that need to be as important as male versus female? Right. Like why did we pick... The certain, like, why did we pick the uh, genitalia as this signifier of exactly sex that we like that? Because I'm like, okay, cool, and it, and this is 
obviously an issue that we face here in the States incredibly is there's so many people that refuse to accept that trans people exist and I don't understand people I it's just so narrow-minded and so just the idea of well that wasn't my experience so obviously that can't be the experience blows my fucking mind the fact that people won't refuse to open their eyes to say maybe my experience is not everyone's. Maybe that's not the standard. Yeah, God forbid people have different experiences in the same situation. Right. God forbid. I, uh, uh, but this is a soapbox we could... I know. I, no, I it's totally... not even a soapbox. It's just, it's an important fucking issue. It is. That we could talk about for hours. I know, I know. And I, I know I jumped into it, but it just, as you kept going in your case, it made me think about it so much that I, I had to talk well, it's about like, it. It also gets into, like, the fucking just blatant sexism of it, because quite clearly the evidence at this point is pointing to a woman as the killer. I know, and they're still like, oh, it's Oh, it must be a man in a blouse with a wig, and a feminine body, and a vagina, and a, but a penis. Like, I, yeah. Yep. So two months later, the police began checking the fingerprints of bodies in the city morgue, uh, because they thought that... La Mata Viejitas might have committed suicide. Oh. Wait, did the crimes, like, stop for a bit? They, so... They were scattered. They were scattered. Okay, so, okay. possibly, so maybe, 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 who knows. The criminal Go. died. Got it. So, at this point, the city is on edge. And authorities are urging women over 60 who live alone to avoid talking to strangers and they're urging the public to watch out for their elderly relatives or elderly neighbors who are accompanied by unfamiliar people. Like, it's insane. And one thing that's important to note here, I think a lot of people don't understand how big Mexico City is. How big is it? 21 million people. Are you serious? Yeah, so two and a half times the size of New York City. Wait, I don't... Okay, this is going yeah. to sound horrible, and I apologize in advance, but when I pictured Mexico City, I did not picture it anywhere near that big. Mm-hmm. I think I have the total, sometimes fucked up vision that Americans can have of other countries of this yeah. being a, you know, average, like like Ohio or something. Sorry, yeah. Ohio. Love you guys. Y'all are if, great. If you're listening. But I was just saying, like, as far as this Midwestern-like medium-sized city. I had no idea 21 million. No, Mexico City is the largest city in North America by far. That's amazing. You, know, I really want to go. I want to go so bad. Yeah, because I've been to like the beaches in Mexico on both sides multiple times, but I would love to experience Mexico, the interior, yeah. and as a culture, and seeing what the country is like when it's not beaches. Yeah, well, I would love to go because one of my favorite things about visiting countries, and this is why, like, it's fun to go to a resort. I love it as, like, a relaxing vacation. Yeah. But as far as a traveling vacation, I want to try to immerse myself in a city as much as I can. Yes. So I, like, when when I travel to cities... I don't like to stay at the touristy spots. No, no, no. Like, when I was in London, I stayed in Peckham, which is, like, 
five, six miles from downtown. I mean, it's it's just, it's a working class area. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved that when we were walking back to the hotel, we'd see people that were getting off from work, like going to the mm-hmm. shops and like we could go into the shops with them to grab dinner. Like it, just being able to see and involve yourself in the city as more than a tourist. And it, it's not bad to be a tourist. I think that's totally we're tourists no, everywhere we like, go we're tourists when we're somewhere where we don't live but i just and i can totally understand like getting overzealous and being the stereotypical tourist because dear god we all have done that oh yeah and but i think it's so i think one of the best things about traveling more than seeing the sights more than doing the big name things is to try to become a part of that culture you know yeah eat eat the food, shop where the locals shop, talk to people who actually mm-hmm. live there. And mm-hmm. so, well, uh, and like, that is why when I travel, I prefer to stay in Airbnbs because I mm-hmm. feel like it gives me a little bit of a piece of the culture and the living mm-hmm. in that, in that place. Cause when I lived in London there mm-hmm. for three months, I lived in Russell square and it wasn't a super touristy area. Mm-hmm. And granted I was at the NYU campus uh, there in London. So mm. it wasn't, it wasn't an Airbnb. I didn't do that situation. But having the time to be there for a full three months, I was really able to immerse myself in the culture, mm. become friends with people there. Like I have lifelong friends and connections now in London that mm-hmm. is something that I wouldn't have been able to get if I had that touristy mindset of like, yeah. I just need to see Big Ben. I just got to go to Westminster. Yeah. And of course, I mean, of course, I did those oh, things. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to deny that. I had to see those sites. I was there. Mm. But the times when I would go to the tiny restaurant that was tucked in an alley, mm-hmm. or when I would literally stay at home and watch Friends because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was just more of a, this is what it would be like to live here and not a, I have to be go, 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 go every minute of every day. Well, some of my favorite memories from when I was in London, granted, I was just there vacationing, but we're there for three weeks, which one of the perks about staying in a not well-known area is the hotels were a lot cheaper. I think ours was like 18 a night. Which was and it was a hotel, not a hostel. It was a hotel. We had our own private room. Which but, hostels, I will say, right time and place. Oh, I love hostels. They're great. I love hostels if you're with a group. Yes, if you're alone, hostels can be. And I'm not saying I'm not deterring people from doing that. Oh no 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 no. But depending on your personality, for me in particular, yeah. um, I would. I've never stayed in a hostel alone. Mm-hmm. It's always been at least with one other person. Yeah. But alone, well, I would be- feel a little anxious in a room with twenty people. Yeah, you, like, I think if your you're very you're extroverted and very able to make friends with any part, any, you know, you walk yeah. into a room and you make friends, you'd be fine. But one of my favorite things when I was there was we would go, a, you know, a couple times a week to the Queen's Cafe, which was down the road. Yeah. And we we got to know the... Um, the owner there and she would walk in she'd be like oh hi do you want you know this breakfast or do you want this sandwich or like oh i know last time you had this but you should try this and i was like oh my god i fucking love you yeah but and granted by no means is mexico city not a huge tourist destination because it is no it is but i want to go and see the touristy stuff i want to see tour america 
I want to see the Central Plaza in Mexico City. Yeah. But I also want to see the different neighborhoods and go there and eat the food and meet the people. That yes. I know a little Spanish. It, it Basically, it's one of those things. It's somewhere tucked in my brain, and it comes out when it needs to. Mm-hmm. We went on vacation uh, in Mexico last year. Yeah. And there were quite a few times I had to read and translate. And I'm like, I don't fucking remember I knew these words. Yeah. So I'd be like, oh, they're asking this. Say this. And I'm like, oh, 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 I don't remember how to speak it. I can (laughs) read it with the best of them, apparently. But (laughs) don't ask me to to translate that. Yeah. Well, and I will say one of my, this will be my last tangent. Then I'll let you jump back into your story. But one of my favorite parts about traveling is getting to try the food of the culture. And I will never forget. So as you know, obviously, growing up in Oklahoma and Texas, we eat a lot of tacos. Oh, yeah. The best tacos I've had in my entire life were in Cabo. And it was not in a touristy area. We went into town, found this tiny little taco shack that had been recommended to us by our taxi driver. Mm. It was amazing. Best tacos I've See, ever had. I should have eaten like a hundred of them. They were so good. See, the best tacos I've ever had, and it's it's gonna surprise you. Jack in, in the box. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> no, that gross. Except some nights when it's two a.m. and yeah, okay. No, the best Mexican food just in general that I had was in Kashmir, Washington. It is what? central Washington state. Please tell me it was at least a Hispanic family that owned the restaurant. Oh, it was a Hispanic family that owned the restaurant, like family owned for generations. Good. Menu completely in legit. Spanish. You order in Spanish kind of thing. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure this was legit before oh, yeah. we like, no, it, talk about Mexican so food in Washington. Fucking good. They, so Kashmir is a tiny fucking town on the highway. Just um, on the other side, so the east side of Wenatchee, central Washington. Okay. And they had these fucking amazing tacos. They had amazing tortas. It was just so good. And I have never, even even living in South Texas now. Yeah. South, are we South Texas, Central Texas? Whatever. We're 200 miles from the border, so. Should be South, like, how big Texas is. Yeah. I've yet to have. Such good. Because, like, it was just done right. It was the kind of tacos that had, depending on what you ordered, meat, onion, cilantro. They would sometimes give you a lime wedge. But the meat was just seasoned and cooked so well. Yeah. That it it was all you wanted. And it, oh my God. Do you know how bad I want to talk about right now? I know. <laughs> anyway, I have to get back. This is a long tangent. Yes, please. Around midday on January 25th of 2006, a 48-year-old single mother, Juana Barraza, approached an elderly woman named Ana Maria de los Reyes and entered her house asking for a glass of water. So she's this older woman who's thirsty and... I mean, same. Me too. Mm. (laughs) Same. You're an old thirsty woman. Same. uh, yeah, sometimes. Once inside, Barraza picked up a stethoscope that was sitting on the table. Like, Just Thanks. like picking up someone else's shit, okay. Yeah, it's rude. It gets ruder. Um, she then comes, goes behind Ana Maria and strangles her to death with this stethoscope. What? And murders her. Um, this 80-year-old woman who's like, oh, here, have some water, sweetie. 
dead. Well, that's bullshit. She was just being a nice woman, just giving her some water. She was thirsty. Mm-hmm. So she was detained shortly afterwards as she ran from the murder scene. Um, the victim's tenant had seen her leave right before he walked in and saw his landlady's <gasps> corpse. Oh my god. Oh, wait, this, she so, was the landlord? <clears throat> yeah, landlady? The, the old lady was. The landlady. The tenant is, like, coming home from, like, grocery shopping or doing whatever he fucking does. He's his own ass person. Yeah. Walks in right as Juana is running out. And he's like, who the fuck is this lady? And then walks in, sees his landlady <gasps> murdered. So he saw her. Like, so he's yeah. like a witness. He saw her. So a little background on Juana. So Juana Barraza was born in a rural area that's just north of Mexico City. And her mother, Justa Semperio, was an alcoholic who had reportedly exchanged her, exchanged her daughter, for three beers. What? To a man who repeatedly raped her when she was, like, 12 or 13. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to react to this. For three beers. Oh, my God. While in his... Hair, I guess. Quotes. Uh, yeah. Like. Yeah. Fucking major, gigantic, huge fucking quotes. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. She became pregnant with a son. No. Oh, poor baby. And even though. When, how old was she? Do you know? She. I. She was twelve or thirteen. I, oh my god. Yeah. She was young when this happened. Um. And. She fucking loved her son, though, still. He was still her son. Yeah. Hated this man, obviously. Yes. He's a fucking monster. Yes. But she had four children in, ter- in total. Um, her eldest son died as a young man uh, from injuries that he received when muggers attacked him with a baseball bat and mugged him and killed him. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, her second child, who was a girl, married early and left home. And she stayed close to hum- her mother's home on in eastern Mexico City. No, 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 no. This is um, oh Juana's the daughter. Daughter. Sorry, I'm sorry. So yeah, no. Juana like said all the fuck yous when Mama sold her for three beers. Yeah. So, but she loved her children. Juana did. So her daughter married young, but still lived pretty close to her. Um, and Juana lived in this home, uh, Eastern Mexico City, with her youngest two children, um, a boy who was 13 and a girl who was 11. And according to her lawyer, she said that she was proud to say she had kept things going on her own. She's proud of being both a father and a mother to her children. One fun fact about Juana mm-hmm. that... Um, if anyone's familiar with this case, this is where you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is, I know it, is that she was a professional wrestler um, mm-hmm. under the name mm-hmm. of La Dama del Silencio, which what does is, that mean? it's the Lady of Silence. Oh. So she chose this title. So she went from Lady of Silence to Old Lady Killer? Yeah. She had All multiple right. titles. Right. Yeah. She's like Prince. She's like, titles are my things. Yeah. So, she chose this title 
because I am quiet and keep to myself. Okay. So, okay, Lady of Silence. Um, she had a That's, strong... you know, generally makes sense. Very fitting. You know, yeah. So, she had a really strong interest in Lucha Libre. She was also really strong. She, uh, obviously. Yep. So, Lucha Libre, if y'all don't know, is a form of Mexican masked professional wrestling. So, oh, it's a wrestling like, with, like, the masks on. Lucha Libre. And, yeah. Which is totally, which like, is, the worst thing ever. I, I get it. It's... Like, as far as cultural appropriation and, yeah. like, making fun of. I just... This will be a little bit of a side tangent. But I see so many people that are my age going to things like Coachella and wearing Native American headdresses or wearing bindis as fashion statements. And I'm like, okay, that is so important to someone's culture. That is so disrespectful. I cannot stand it. Because there is a difference. And I absolutely think that, granted, this is very much my opinion, doesn't represent anything else at all. But there is a way that you can have important cultural icons also be important, like, fashion icons. Yeah, but yeah. But to do that, it is having a Native American who understands the traditions and the importance and lives the culture of being able to wear a headdress. Or yep. having someone who is Hindi and understands the meaning and value behind the bindi wearing it as a model. Like, because, yeah, it's gorgeous. It is beautiful. It is. But it is not a costume for you to wear. Admire it, but you don't have to copy it because it's pretty. No, I, exactly. I 100% agree. So, anyway, back to Wana. So... She seemingly supported her family through a mixture of domestic work, uh, street vending, and a little bit of petty theft. But neighbors in the largely middle-class area described the children as friendly, and their mother was always pleasant and Mm -hmm. passing. She's just their neighbor. She's friendly. Yeah. She's trusted in the neighborhood. Yep, yep. We have that common thread. We also have the common thread of all the victims are women. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was like. Mm-hmm, oh, too. women killing women. No, come I on, y'all. I did not think about that in our female serial killer episode. That it's Me neither, but... Very much all female. Mm, victim it really is. killer. It is. So, Juana was found in possession of social benefits papers and a social worker's identification card. I still can't believe she was a wrestler. I just have to put that I know, there. I know. It's just it's such just a like this random, random fucking fact, fact yeah. that I'm like... Okay. All right. Don't really know how to deal with that, but all right. It's like when you talk to a co-worker and they're like, oh, yeah. Well, I used to do some acting in Los Angeles and I was a... I had a couple roles in a... Like, I, I was one in a Ryan Gosling movie and stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? Who are you? Yeah. But... Those are the times when I'm like... What is your life and why is mine absolutely nothing like it? For real, though. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how, how do people get that lucky? Yeah. But, okay. But she used the uh, social benefits paper and the social worker's ID card to get entrance into the victim's homes. 
by pretending to be a government employee who could send them up for welfare programs like okay. the police. Yep. So thought. they were they in were one of on their that. theories. In one of their theories, they were like fucking spot on. Yeah. Except for the whole trans stuff. Yeah. So fingerprint evidence made it almost certain that she is the feared La Marajarita. So she, her fingerprints linked her uh, to at least 10 murders in the recent years. Do we know why? We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Ah, I'm I'm so curious as to know why. So uh, the chief prosecutor, again, Bernardo Batiste, said that fingerprints match in 10 murder cases as well as one attempt. She may have killed about 40 elderly women in total, in a murder spree in the capital that began in the late 90s. Jesus! 40! That's insane! So, Barraza was charged with 10 murders and pled guilty to just one, which was the strangling of Reyes. Yeah. Um, and not guilty to the rest. She's like, yes, I killed this one woman, but, but not, the not the others. Rest. Not the rest, didn't it? City prosecutors told the reporters that they hoped to charge her for 27 murders. Oh, fuck. And that they apparently have fingerprints putting her at the scene of at least 11. Jeez. So she told the court on her first appearance in February of 06, I only killed one little old lady, not the others. It well, isn't, as if that's okay. I know. It isn't right to pin the others on me. And when asked to reveal her motive... She said simply, I got angry. At the little ladies. Or These just in general. Ladies. Just I got angry. That's it. God damn. Just on the background of Mexican uh, trials, because they are very different from the court system that we're used to here in America. Right, right. And um, I think, I believe Western Europe has very similar court system to America, but... Obviously, it differs from country to country. Oh, of course, of course. So, in Mexico, there are no trials, and there's very few public hearings. Instead, prosecutors and defense lawyers present their evidence to a single judge during a largely closed-door proceedings that can last years. But, if the formal legal process is slow, Brasa's public trial in the local media was all but. Oh. So, over the couple days... and. Really, within hours of her arrest, she was paraded before the cameras. Of course. Posed beside a plasticine bust of the prime subject that oh. was made during the hunt for the killer. Uh, um, they made a bust of her as they did hunt for the killer? Yeah. Why? Be to show people what the killer looked like. Oh yeah. Wait, she posed in a bust of herself? Of a bust of, like, the suspect. The prime suspect. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said it was a bust of the victim, and I was like, what? But. No. Sorry, I, I might have, you... but the vic- the no, 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 suspect. No, no, I heard you wrong. Yeah. We're bottles of wine in. Yeah. So, the police also released snaps of her recreating the murder of Ray's for detectives, along with videoed excerpts of her initial police interrogation. All of this was before she had even been remanded in custody. Oh my god. Emilio Alvarez, who is a human rights person in Mexico City, said that the presumption of innocence is not clearly established here. The media has become the great judge. 
So as the trial inched along, the defense's strategy mixed Barasa's claims that she is being scapegoated for all but one of the murders with attempts to get her declared mentally unfit to stand trial. So they were trying to say that only one was her, but the rest were someone else? Yeah. They were trying to say, like, oh, the police are just... They, you know, they caught her for this one murder who so happened to be an old lady. So they're trying to pin And they're pinning all these on her. Because they're all old ladies. Yeah. But well, also, like, she's mentally also unfit fucking... to stand trial. Oh. Like, yeah. Oh, so it's like, it's... well, she did this one. They're trying to pin the others on her. But even with this one, she's mentally unfit. Like, yeah, no. She, no, she's a fucking murderer. Uh, so, however, prosecutors told local reporters that psychological studies of Barasa ordered by the defense had concluded that she was in fact entirely conscious of her actions. Yes. So Miguel Antiveros, who was a criminologist associated with the case, mm-hmm. believes that Barasa was so damaged by her experiences with her girl. mother. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. That she ended up targeting old ladies uh because she identified them with her mother. Yes. Oh yes. I was about I as you we were saying it, I got it. Yeah. Which makes sense. It does. It really does. In a horrible, unforgivable, nightmarish childhood, I mean, is is something I can't even fathom. No. Is not an excuse for being a serial killer. No. I agree. In 2008, she was sentenced to 759 years in jail for killing 16 elderly women in Mexico City. So when she heard the verdict, Barasa showed very little emotion. She's like, okay. And she said that, may God forgive you and not forget me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She added that she would appeal against all but one of the convictions. Because again, she's like, yeah, I did one. I didn't do the others, though. So I only killed one person. I'm not that bad. I know. So sentences in Mexican courts are generally served concurrently. Yeah. Um, and the maximum sentence under Mexican law is 60 years. With that and with how old she is, she's going to live the rest of her life in prison. Yes. A big thing about the case is that it filled the Mexican people with indignation as such a cold and cruel event. Because, again, this is not a country used to serial killers. Right. Used to this just kind of random murder. Like, yes, there there is murder and there is crime in Mexico like there is everywhere. But just this idea of a serial killer targeting these people, you know, looming in the night and just could get could get your loved ones, could get anyone around the city. Yeah. Isn't isn't a thing there. Right. Right. It's not. In speaking with reporters later, like, you know, during her time in prison, Mm -hmm. she says that she does not regret the murders she'd committed. But she knows that if she did not commit these acts, she could continue to be with her family. And I will say, the last, the next couple lines I did have to translate from Spanish. I regret a lot of things, but not to kill people. But I do regret what has happened, because now I'm not with my family, and they need me. And then when the reporter asked if she slept quietly, she said yes. I sleep quietly because I did not do anything wrong. I repeat it. I did not do anything, and I am willing to deal with all of the Attorney General's office 
and tell them what they did to me because that violation is not valid. But she just killed them to kill them. Yeah. Like, literally, I see no reasoning in this. Except that they reminded her of her mother who abandoned her. Like, what reasoning is that yeah. really? Well, she's saying someone? that she's very much been framed by the police, that they're doing this. And it's even then, she did admit to this one murder she was caught escaping from. And yet she's now trying to say, like, oh, I did nothing wrong. And I'm like, you, but you, you admitted at, to one, so you, you at least did one yeah, thing you wrong. You at least did one thing wrong. And you probably did a lot of things wrong. Gosh. But. In conclusion, La Mata Viejitas is currently 60 years old and is recognized as the most famous serial killer in Mexico. That's crazy. Yep. So I will say, I find it really interesting that we both picked cases from other countries. Yeah. Because of lack of female serial killers in the United States that weren't poisonings from a long time ago or that were not I mean one knows. <laughs> I will say I I wonder how many female serial killers there have been, but due to the fact that police are only looking for men have gotten away. I know. I would love there to be or if someone could tell me of some type of documentary or some paper or some report or something I could look at about female serial killers. Listeners, if y'all know of mm-hmm. that, please let me know. I'm yeah. really interested in this topic because of how rare it seems mm-hmm. that female serial killers are. Yeah. But I, I almost feel like that can't be a reality. I, I think a lot of it is due to the investigators... I think nowadays the idea of a female serial killer is still very baffling, but would be looked at more seriously than in the past. Yeah. But, I mean, you know all the theories of like, oh, it wasn't Jack the Ripper, it was Jane the Ripper. And that's why she was able to, you know, sneak through these police lines because she's a woman. And, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe a midwife who's covered in blood. Granted, I very much do not believe that uh, there was a Jane the Ripper. No, I was totally Jack. Yeah. And even crimes that go underreported or murders that are due to one person but just don't have it to be linked. I mean, I think I think there are definitely a lot more female serial killers out there than uh, yeah. we realize. But, yeah, because researching this one was difficult. There's not a lot. You know, when you Google female serial killers, you find a lot of stuff on Eileen Wernos. Um, yes. La Mata Viejitas is... She comes up. There. up. Yep. Your person, I didn't see. But I also... I always try to look at murders and crimes more in the today's era. So, basically, 70s and forward. Yeah, mine was older than that, for sure. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I feel like older crimes are harder to visualize and put yourself there. Because you're like, oh, the 20s. That's basically 7,000 years ago. Right. No. Fucking... Murdering old people. Murdering old people. So, okay. I'm going to say my <laughs> thoughts first. Yes, go. Because I think we have differing thoughts on who won. So yours was far and away more gruesome. Yeah. I mean, she's fucking tri- these, this trusted woman tricking these unsuspecting people into their murder and then feeding their corpses to... Family, friends, customers, herself, her husband. 
turning people into soap to yeah. protect her son who to protect her son could have died in Mussolini's army. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Mine, she preyed on old women, killed up to forty of them. Is the biggest serial killer in Mexican history, <laughs> and is a former pro wrestler single mom living her life who's a murderer of old women yeah and has a name i guess yours did have a title she was the yes. soap maker of correcho yes soapmaker of correcho come on she fed la mata viejitas is a cooler she name she fed people people she gave three people three people no, no, no. I mean, I guess okay. she fed the town three people. Yeah, I'm say that does not denote the amount of people who had people and had no idea. How would you feel if you went to a bakery and got a piece of cake and it was fucking human? How would you feel if you walked into a nursing home and everyone was strangled? I mean, I guess that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but you made that up. So point in case. Point in case. I disagree. I'm sorry, bathing in human? Think about that. You're cleaning yourself with someone else's fat. Yeah, that's gross in the fact that it's also really gross if it was, like, pig fat. It's gross if it's any type of fat, but human fat. Yeah, no, okay. You're bathing yourself in I, human fat. You're eating human. I personally think that our cases are equally... Yeah. As strong. We have pretty equal cases, but, but I think I won. So what I said was totally a contradiction, but... I think that feeding their bodies to everyone does... It really edge. takes it to the next level of, holy shit, did she really feed people to people? Literally, and I'm going to look at the chocolate, chocolate chip cookies tomorrow at work and be like... I don't know. Hard pass, hard pass. It's going to make you not want desserts. I'm just trying to help out. Well, we should probably let y'all go then because, because this one's we're very really feeling strong. it. It's a strong one. And and I won and like I'm happy about that. No, I'm sure you are. I am. But I want to take a moment to again thank y'all for listening because yes. we love you and y'all are amazing. And also I want to say that, you know, y'all should totally rate and review us. Yes, please. Um, on iTunes, because it is huge for helping us move up in the rankings. Absolutely. And I, I love reading y'all's reviews, just hearing y'all's different thoughts about I know. It. Like, it's so great to see what you guys think and say, and we appreciate everything. So please, if you haven't, hop on, give us a quick rating, give us a quick review. Literally, it's 30 seconds of your life that you're not going to want back because you're doing something positive for us. And we sure. so, so, so much appreciate it and just know that. Y'all are fucking incredible. And yes. I love each and every one of you. Y'all are making this into something real that we mm-hmm. never imagined would be as real as it is. And I, I will never forget the day when we were like, if we have 50 listeners, we'll be happy. I was going to say. And I remember when it was, honestly, if we get one person that's not our, that's not our uh, immediate family that's listening to this, like, that's the win. And honestly, because I, I fucking feel like y'all are our family. Like, yes. y'all are fucking, y'all are here with us for, like, almost two hours a week 
chatting and y'all reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, and we get to have these conversations and build these relationships. And I'm just really sentimental because I fucking love you guys. And I have had yeah. two bottles of wine. So leave me alone. I love well, you. And it means so much to us that you guys are listening and you're commenting and are participating and helping our dream come true. Because yeah. this is something, to be honest, I would give anything for this to be what I do day in and day out. So help, I... help that become my reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end this on. I agree. All right. All right. I love you guys. XOXO. Blood and Wine signing off. Bye. Bye.